Welcome back to another podcast, you guys. Today I'm back with Molly. Hello. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> Hello there. I keep forgetting every single time. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway, we're here to talk about the last four episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3. Yay! Yay! Like, just before Ahsoka comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ahsoka sighted for it. <laughs> And the memes begin. (laughs) But we can just dive right in. Uh, Episode 5, we kind of started on Navarro, where a majority of this episode took place. Captain Gorian Shard, the seaweed pirate, attacks the planet since they're independent. And they're not a part of the New Republic, so they take that as an opportunity. Because they can. Because they can. (laughs) We do get a glimpse of the New Republic when we meet Captain Tava Carson for a little bit. Well, not meet, sorry. I misspoke. <laughs> when we follow this man <laughs> that we've seen before, for a little bit after Grief Cargus sends him a message asking for help against the pirates. Mm-hmm. And then we finally see Zeb. And you finally have context for Zeb. I have context <laughs> because I've watched all of Rebels now. <laughs> Yay. In the span of the last time we did the podcast, I'd seen like two episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I loved seeing Zeb in live action for the first time, even though it didn't totally get it the first time yeah that's okay it's okay most people didn't but it's like the ones that knew we were like it's like the um leo dicaprio meme where it's like like yeah the, he's like i can't whistle Once right now but it's like yeah. yeah like that that was uh, that was us <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you who don't know who zeb is he's a lasat mm-hmm. who was a part of the crew on the ghost along with ezra bridger a jedi he was being trained by Kanan Jarrus, another mm-hmm. Jedi, a Twi'lek named Paris Indula, a Mandalorian named Sabine Wren, and a droid named Chopper. Oh, I love them. Chopper. The ghost squad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Chopper, Harris Indula, Sabine Wren, and Ezra Bridger will all be making their uh, live-action debuts in Ahsoka. So I wouldn't be surprised if Zeb shows up at some point, because, I mean... Here he I, is. <laughs> I hope so. And oh gosh, I feel horrible. Oh, Callus, Agent Callus. Oh hope, yeah. I hope he makes like a surprise mm-hmm. appearance too, because I mean, like last we saw, he and Zeb were together going to oh geez, what was the planet? Whatever the Lasat, the Lasat home planet now. was. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well we got Zeb back. Where is Callus? Yeah. Add him to the mix, because why not? I loved Callus. Yeah, he was a really interesting character. <laughs> He's one of my favorite characters in that show. Yeah. He plays an Imperial, or he plays, he is an Imperial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, Go I guess that's all we can really say. <laughs> He's an Imperial. Yeah. Captain Tava asks about uh, Navarro, and his boss says that there's other planets in need of help currently, that they're and they're actually a part of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. So they kind of brush Navarro to the side. Yeah. Which is too bad. <laughs> uh, Teva mentions that Moff Gideon didn't make it to trial, showing how much influence he still has over the New Republic, even though the amnesty program is going on and him being arrested and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, since the New Republic won't help, 
Taven finds Mando and the rest of the Mandos using a tracker he placed on R5 in case he ever needed Mando's help again. Which, like, good on him for thinking, like, 500 steps ahead. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the Mandalorians end up helping Navarro and Grip. Uh, Griff. Griff Karga. Griff. <laughs> Grief Karga. Because they need a new place to live anyway. And Grief already had offered Mando up some land at the beginning of the season. Mm. Paz Vizsla goes along with it since they saved his son in the previous episode. And that was the whole reason for the last episode. It just made it feel kind of stupid. <laughs> We Before we had started the podcast, we were talking about dialogue and how things are written. And for me, one of my biggest gripes was that whole monologue that he gave. And I'm like, I get it in one way if you want to be misleading and do like a whole misdirect. Mm -hmm. But like that was so unnecessary, I feel like, in this situation. Like... It just seemed so much that he was going down this road of, like, why... Like, he was bringing up really valid points. Why should we go with this person? Because we've already sacrificed so much. We've already done so much. Like, why? Because we're Mandalorian. That's <laughs> why. Like, it just... <laughs> Cue the theme song. But no, like, I just... I don't know. That felt just, like, a little bit silly to me. Yeah. 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 It was a little bit silly. <laughs> but... Oh, well. We'll let it go, because we have to. <laughs> We've got no choice at this point. <laughs> the Mandos free uh, Navarro, and they create their own space on the planet. It's funny that they ended up back there anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't really have much on the fight. They beat Pirate Gorian Shard, and that it doesn't really have much to do with the plot. Yeah, but it, lo it looks cool. Yeah, and I then. wait. I have to add this in because I found this as I was rewatching. Um, in this episode, it's called the Pirate. They have two. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but they have two iconic Han Solo lines in it. Uh -oh. So, in one, or like at some point earlier, it's like, oh well, he shot first, and so I think it was when Grief was talking to. Gorian Shard, where he was like, oh, like, your, your man, your pirate, whoever it was, like, shot first. And so it was like, we were in the right to make a move against him. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, who shot first? On. Oh. Um, and then <laughs> when they were going into, jeez, what was it? I think it was either when they were going into the fight or maybe towards the end of the episode at some point. I think Grief says to Mando, like, good luck. You're going to need it. <laughs> it's like, hey. <laughs> so I have no idea if that was intentional or not, but I do think it's kind of interesting, like in a, an episode that's kind of titled The Pirate. Mm -hmm. And like, not that Han was a pirate, but he was kind of just like a, you know, he was a smuggler. So yeah. he was he, he was around. <laughs> no, I'm sure that that had something to do with Han Solo. Yeah. That that wouldn't be a coincidence. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah. Um, the armor, the armorer, <laughs> as Bo-Katan remove her helmet and says she believes that Bo saw the mythosaur. She tells Bo that she is a Mandalorian who walks both ways and can unite all Mandos. Not Grogu? Not Grogu. <laughs> That's not what the title meant. <laughs> not Din Djarin? 
Dang. Idols actually actually reversible, Dave Filoni and John Favreau said, so it won't like focus on Din Djarin. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Bo-Katan right. Necessarily. Well, I was wondering if it was like um when like the last Jedi came out and people were like, oh well, Jedi <laughs> can be plural or singular. Mm-hmm. So it's like because I mean like the Mandalorian, I think it's that's mostly singular because they do say Mandalorians, but like that is it is an interesting point that um, like, even though up till this point, it's all been Din Djarin's story. It's like, actually. It's Bo-Katan. It's Bo-Katan. <laughs> Captain Teva discovers that Moff Gideon has escaped in the middle of space. It seems that the Mandalorians had saved him too. Bum, bum, bum. Gasp. But it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> episode six, probably the worst episode in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have I have my gripes about this episode, but I don't think it's the worst one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say, for my opinion, I'm going to go on record and say that. Um, This one was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, actually. It's the third one she directed. She did um the one with, uh, how do I describe this, Cara Dune's debut. Oh, yes. And then the one with the the um the little village mm-hmm. and the frogs. Yeah. That one. Yeah. In episode or season one. Yeah. And then last season she did the one where um Bo Katan debuts as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and now she did the one where Lizzo and Jack Black debut. Wow. <laughs> Full circle. Axe <laughs> Wolves and Casca Reeves appear. Um it's two of Bo Katan's Mandalorian friends that we're in season two. Yeah, that whole intro too just really cracked me up. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Like I, I didn't even put any details because it was just, just unnecessary. <laughs> Don't want to make you guys feel uncomfortable. Yeah, just just like skip over it. Maybe just like cut to the parts where X Wolves is talking. Cause like that's kind of relevant. Or but... the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, just like skip to the end. Yeah. <laughs> All you gotta know, they were on a job, they went back, and now they're back on Plazier 15, right? Uh, 16. 16? Are you sure? I don't know, apparently. (laughs) Here, wait, keep going. I will will fact check for us. Bo-Katan and Mando go to one of the Plaziers, which is like a weird utopian society similar to Coruscant. It is Plazier 15. It's 15? It is 15. According to Wikipedia. I believe you. I'm just going to change that one. There you go. Jack Black and Lizzo are in this episode and they're married. As much as I love the celebrity cameos here, it really felt like a waste of time. We've waited so long for this season and they have many moments where they just joke around or show unnecessary things. Yeah. Or And I mean, I like Plazier 15 because I think that the way that their society is structured is very interesting and it's like we don't allow weapons in here we don't we're not allowed to have an army and so like we just kind of chill and we have droids to do everything for us like in many ways it sounds like a a version of a utopian society where it's like all that they do is just like they play games they have giant feasts and everything Mm -hmm. they just vibe out so like that sounds fun (laughs) um but 
the whole side quest of, hey, we have this one little problem and that one little problem had a very little solution or just like had very little point to really contribute to the overall story. So it was just like, what are we doing here? Like, make this a different thing right. or or talk about the amnesty program that Jack Black's character did because that ties in with, my gosh, I'm forgetting her name again. Elias? Kane? Yeah. The, the girl who works for Moff Gideon? I think, yeah. Yeah. Y- yes. Elias Kane. Elias Kane, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I really wanted to make sure I checked to oh, make sure. Fine. So yeah, like, tie that in somehow, because that could be really interesting. Like, maybe, what if, like, she heard about Plazier 15 and was like, yo, this dude's in the Amnesty program. Maybe he could still be, like empirical in some mm-hmm. way and like try to form some sort of an alliance or something and then i don't know like there i feel like there's so many more interesting things that they could have done with it other than hey we have a droid problem fix it right then you can go and continue <laughs> on with it. your side quest yes <laughs> you we're letting you in here fix it yeah they uh, half the time it feels like a forgotten storyline from do you remember when they announced the show Rangers of the New Republic? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was supposed to star Cara Dune? It yeah. feels like all these episodes were supposed to be in that, but then they mm-hmm. just used him for Mandalorian. And it's like, wow, all this New Republic stuff is so interesting, but it, maybe it's because it belongs in a different show. Which, and I think like... <laughs> And I think, like, going back to, like, the first few episodes that we had talked about, when it was that full, like, hour-long episode where it just explored Aliyah and Dr. Pershing and the New Republic in that way, like, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And, like, I don't mind that it was in The Mandalorian, because in some ways, like, it ties back in and it makes sense. Yeah, I didn't mind. Just not really The Mandalorian. Right. Like, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. Would have worked in that Republic show. Yeah. Now that I think about it more. (laughs) Exactly. See? We're on to something. Yeah. Come on, Disney. Yeah. We know what you're doing. Christopher Lloyd was also a cameo in this episode, but he was acceptable because yeah. he didn't take me out of the story. Yeah. I thought I thought his character, like, I, I wish they gave his character, like, a bigger build-up or something like that. Like, yeah. I feel like the whole side plot was, like, wrapped up so quickly. But, like, I want to know, like, why did he really... Basically, the droids that all of the people have around the village or the city um, were once Imperial, and they were then reprogrammed to be, like, peaceful droids. And now, all of a sudden, they are reverting back to how they would act and, like, their basic programming, which was war. Um, So it's like, why did he really want to do that? Like, what was he trying to achieve with that? Like, other than just, I guess, destroy the society... But, like, for why? Because he's a separatist? But right. what does that have to do with Like, But that was interesting, too. And it was, like, ugh. It was, like, a throwaway line. Because <laughs> then it was, like, he was tased. And then it was done. And they were, like, ugh. Job well done. Job well done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Christopher Lloyd was the bad guy. He was the one to blame for all those droid malfunctions. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we get to the important stuff. Axe and Bo finally interact at the end and fight until Bo wins. Mm-hmm. I wish the whole episode focused on this instead of Jack Black and Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Bo-Katan is given the Darksaber after Mando mentions how she saved him in the Mines of Mandalore using it, so it's rightfully hers, technically. I also think it's so funny how he waited until now to yeah, bring it up. When why? <laughs> I'm like, how, how long have you been keeping that to yourself? Have you just been waiting for a big reveal moment to bring that up? Like, writers, why? <laughs> I'm going to use it when we need it. Yeah. That's a surprise tool that can help us later. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Bo-Katan is given the Darksaber once again, just like Sabine Wren gave it to her in Rebels. But she had lost it to Moff Gideon at some point in time in between. Which we hear more about in episode 7. This was my favorite episode of the season. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Probably. (laughs) Aliyah Kane communicates with an Imperial Protocol droid in an alleyway on Coruscant. Way to be discreet. (laughs) (laughs) Moff Gideon walks down a corridor that looks extremely similar to the one Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon went down when they were fighting Darth Maul. The Mm -hmm. red laser doors that they go through. So cool. I love that. That was really neat. I loved that shot. They always do well with the uh, cinematography and the scenery in these shows. And I was was thinking about that in this episode specifically, um, particularly when they get back to Mandalore and they have like these really interesting shots of like them walking through stuff. But I'm like, yo, that's really pretty. (laughs) Like the story might not be great, but But that looks pretty good. But it looks really cool. (laughs) I think even in the beginning, like the... The music for this, when it opened up in the episode and the following of Aliyah through, like, the streets of Coruscant, mm-hmm. I was like, this is fun. Like, I have no idea what's going on, but, like, like it Blade looks cool. Runner. It was getting Blade Runner. That's exactly what it was getting. Um, but, yeah, like, the the music, the cinematography, the design of everything has been really, or was really, really great, I think, still. We hear about... Project Necromancer a little bit, which sounds like the plan to bring Palpatine back. Yeah. No. <laughs> because of, oh, uh, it was Commandant Hux. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He's General Hux's father, yeah. who's played by Domino Gleason's brother in real life. Oh, we actually? Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I was like, no wonder the accent was so on point. (laughs) I was like, wow, they sound similar. They sound pretty good. Yeah, no, I liked seeing that. That was kind of cool. Maybe we'll get more of a General Huck story. Yeah. (laughs) How he rose in power. And about this Shadow Council, too. Yeah, I don't know what the (laughs) Shadow Council is. It's an Imperial group that only meets through holograms, never in person. Kind of like how Luthen and... um, What's-your-face... Mon Mothma kind of meet. Yeah. Or I was even thinking the secret. Jedi Council. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, show up in person if you can, but otherwise, just like, you just know, zoom. <laughs> Will you be appearing before the Jedi Council in person or via Zoom today? <laughs> the Jedi. Zoom, I the- will be. <laughs> Zooming, I will. <laughs> the Jedi invented Zoom long before we ever had it. But the Council mentions how Thrawn will return, which will be gone through more in the Ahsoka series. 
Yeah. Not in this, I guess. <laughs> but yo, it's fine. It's We're still gonna exciting. Be, it's gonna be fun <laughs> either way. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. Moff Gideon requests Praetorian guards for protection, among other things, since he knows Mandalorians are after him. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> but that was awesome that he had Praetorian guards with him, too. Yeah. And I, I also kind of found it funny where um, Commandant Hux, like, after each request that Moff Gideon was giving, he, like, gave a little dramatic pause. So he was like, you requested three Praetorian guards. <laughs> and then, like, looked at him and then got, and Gideon's just like, yeah, and? <laughs> It was, I feel like it was not supposed to be funny, but to me, I kind of like chuckled a little bit or I was just like, this is what the Empire bickers about. Right. Just <laughs> trying to get at him. Yeah. And also there was one of the, I don't remember his, or it's, uh, started with a P was his name. It was like general or something, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the like higher ranking, like members of the empire like in the first three films um oh, they okay. obviously had a different actor playing him but yeah. he's like he's like the guy with the like the white mustache mm -hmm. and like was the one talking mostly with commandant hooks and okay. it was like between the two of them um and like i didn't recognize that until i went onto twitter i remember and people were like yo it's this <laughs> guy and i'm like cool he survived <laughs> good for him good for him that's funny yeah um there's a lot of theories that the armorer might actually be a Mandalorian who follows Darth Maul, like in the Clone Wars, but I feel like it's a little far-fetched. Yeah. Worth mentioning, though, um, like, mostly because of the horns on her helmet and the fact that she disappears at the most convenient times. Hmm. I was going to say, well, at this point in the story, yeah, I'm not, Maul's dead. Right. <laughs> so, like, I but mean... <laughs> I mean, stabbed through the stomach, you know, it's, or like he got sliced down. I don't remember exactly what happened in Rebels, but it was just, you know, he, he survived decapitation. What's to say he couldn't survive being, you know, sliced in half the other way? Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but that's, that's a theory that's happening. Worth mentioning, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that stuff with Maul between, like, around, like, solo times, like, yeah. that, I want that to be explored. But... Right. That would be cool. The Crimson Dawn and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. IG-12 is the new and improved IG-11, which has a little spot for Grogu to sit in, which was so cute. Little, he could drive, mm -hmm. and he could say yes or no. Which was and... the funniest part of the whole season. Taiko Waititi made bank by just saying yes or yes, no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think he's too. I think he's too young to operate heavy machinery. No. <laughs> what do you mean, no, no? <laughs> I love that he can say things. Yeah. But also not talk. It's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's just he's the best. We're not ready for him to be like. <laughs> You're not ready for him to be like, jump, I do. <laughs> the Mandalorians go to Mandalore to free their planet, and they happen upon some other Mandalorians that have remained on Mandalore. I said Mandalore like five times in that sentence. How like, many Mandalorians can you Mandalore on Mandalore? Jeez. <laughs> But they couldn't get off world, the Mandalorians on Mandalore. <laughs> but the Mandalorians 
make it to the Great Forge after fighting another giant beast and some Imperials. The thing I found so funny about this is the one, like, scout could very clearly see, oh, there was movement off the starboard bow or something. Oh, yeah. And, like, very clearly there are, like, mountainy things or rocks that are moving and like flying through the air and they all look at it with like peak curiosity some of them just automatically put their helmets on and then they still continue to like sail paraglide whatever they're right doing. to it <laughs> and then they're like what abandoned ship it's a monster i'm like what did you expect <laughs> it was a little silly goofy of them yeah but it looked like one of Jabba's ships, like from his palace. Yeah, like one of the like a like a sand um, something. I don't remember yeah. what it was. <laughs> I also think it's worth mentioning in this. We hear about how Bo-Katan had originally surrendered to Moff Gideon. Oh yeah, and Gideon then betrayed her. But she had done that in order to try to save as many Mandalorian lives as possible. And so it's interesting that like she still blames herself for that betrayal when mm -hmm. it was like she still had the intention of saving her people. But that's all that people remember is that like her. it was the purge of Mandalore and she was in charge. It's her fault. And so it's like it's very interesting like from a character standpoint because to me it was kind of like she internalizes that and that's why she's like also skeptical of whether or not she can lead or not is because the last time she was betrayed it wasn't really her fault but it was mm -hmm. still like yeah very she interesting. She feels like it is yeah. Yeah. Um but the Imperials have completely taken over the Great Forge underground mm. and Moff Gideon shows up in his own Mandalorian armor kind of <laughs> sort of <laughs> He said now this Barbie wears Mandalorian armor <laughs> this Barbie wears best guy <laughs> <laughs> Moff Gideon is a Barbie if he wanted to be <laughs> as Vizsla sacrifices himself at the end of the episode after fighting against the Praetorian guards protecting Moff Gideon it was sad to see him go, but yeah. it felt like a waste of the character almost. I agree. And I feel like I wanted to, because especially with the name Vizsla, like House yeah. Vizsla, I'm like, I want to know, where did you fit into all of that? Know. What's your, <laughs> can you show me? Um, yeah, but like that was, that one, I feel like I wasn't, obviously I don't think I was expecting it, but I could, it was again, like you could tell something was coming, something wasn't going to go quite right. And so, yeah, that one, that one did hurt a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then we finally get to the, uh, the finale titled The Return, which would have been a great tease for Thrawn, but total missed opportunity there. I was like, oh my God, it's called The Return. I remember all week I was like, Thrawn is yeah. here. He's coming back. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> what even did, or I guess the Mandalorians returned. So I guess that's right. it, but like, come on. Not too much happened. Yeah. Overall, this was pretty disappointing. Like most of the Disney Plus finales have been for me. Besides Loki, season yeah. one and mando's first two seasons yeah everything else i can't think of a good finale <laughs> moon knight was fine i actually i mean side side note i really liked moon knight actually yeah. but i feel like it got kind of like very mixed reviews but i think the way that they did that story was very interesting and i haven't seen anything like it before yeah it definitely wasn't bad and it but it doesn't compare to like loki and mando i feel like mm. overall yeah um this episode is just fighting yeah basically 
surprising I have this much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting much bigger surprises or at least something that would drive the plot forward. Mm -hmm. Mando gets a turn to fight across the laser doors, which mm -hmm. is cool. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just cool. They yeah. did it. They did it for the cool factor, and I don't blame them because it worked. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that Moff Gideon's cloning plan was just to clone himself. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> Hi, Barbie. <laughs> I just wanted to clone myself so that I could see what I look like in all my different Beskar. <laughs> Do they have mirrors in Star? Wars? <laughs> oh, this armor's a little tight on me. <laughs> so, Barbie, how do you feel about this armor? <laughs> he was going to make Ken's, but he didn't have time. It should have been about cloning Palpatine, mm -hmm. but now this just extends that mysterious storyline longer. Like, the, now that it's not wrapped up, they can just continue yeah. teasing us for it's, years and years. And I feel like even the teases have been so minuscule compared to the greater plot. It's like, what are you doing with this? Because right. I, I remember like season two, we had that one bit of like going through, I think it was like the lab where Dr. Pershing was working and they saw like all of these like cloned things and... I mean, even in Obi-Wan, we saw, like, a bunch of, like, figures and, mm -hmm. like, whatever stuff that was. It's like, okay, can we get some more, like, explicit clarification on what this is? <laughs> instead of just being like, ooh, look, things in pods. <laughs> You'll find out soon or never. <laughs> Dave Filoni says, that's for me to know and for you not to know. <laughs> but I don't think he knows is the thing. That's a good point. I don't think he knows. <laughs> I think they wrote up to season three and then they stopped and then they were like, we'll see if it picks up, like if it goes well. Yeah. I, it feels like they don't know where this is going anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Which is sad. <sighs> to justify the rise of Skywalker. I mean, that's a hard job. I know, yeah, that's it's, true. It's That's rough, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be rough. We also thought the cloning plan would have something to do with the Empire in a larger way. Or something to do with Thrawn, at least. But no, it was just Moff Gideon. So now someone's going to be like, oh, I'm going to use that to do this. And then someone's going to use that to do Palpatine. And, and then... Uh, uh, <laughs> now it's a longer process. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Mando and Moff Gideon fight once again after Moff Gideon does some monologuing. He starts monologuing. <laughs> that I didn't I didn't get to rewatching that episode in prep for this podcast, but I even remember when I saw the finale for the first time, I was like, "Dear God, why?" <laughs> I'm like, I feel but I feel like I don't know if it's like a character trait that they gave Moff Gideon, but I feel like that's the majority of what he does in those moments explaining where, what he does explaining what he does explaining there's two, how two teaspoons of sugar plus a tablespoon of butter <laughs> mix <laughs> no honestly and then it's like why just why does it need to go on for that long it, it i think get moff gideon is a really interesting character and I want to know more about, like, why he does the things that he does. But because all of his stuff is really useless, just 
throwaway lines to fill up the time, in my opinion. I'm just like, I have no respect for this guy. I'm just like, just <laughs> move along. <laughs> He's got his own TikTok sound. You have something I want. <laughs> oh my gosh, it really goes back all the way to season one. Like, uh, he, anyway. Memed. Giancarlo Esposito does a great job, though. Like, he's, he's the one he's, breaking that. Seems best in that. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my my first um the first thing that I saw of his was Once Upon a Time. <laughs> he was in that. Yeah. Wait, what? What he season was, was he in? Um, I may have been season one. I know he was the what? he was the genie, and then he got turned into what? like their version of the magic mirror. Oh my god! I don't yeah. remember this. I, I watched, do. <laughs> I watched the first five seasons with my sister. We were obsessed with it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That was fun to watch. Bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Giancarlo's great. Yeah. Moff Gideon. He was in Ninja Turtles, too. Giancarlo Look Esposito. Look at him go. Look at him go. Mando gets another cool fight with the Praetorian guards. Oh, we got it. was so good. <laughs> I mean, he got his ass beat, but you know, it was still good. <laughs> he did that. Bo-Katan rescues Mando and Moff Gideon fights with her using the Darksaber. So they have a little rematch. Mm-hmm. But Moff Gideon destroys it, which was so sad. Because that was the only thing holding Bo-Katan as a leader, besides the fact that she saw a mythosaur. I also wish we had a little bit more... Uh, Dark Saber content before it went away. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like I, I mean, by the time that season two finished, I was thinking that they were going to go the route of because didn't Jaren wasn't born a Mandalorian and because he stepped into it, technically he's like a part of, I don't, it's not like the two worlds or the two ways that they talk about in this season specifically, but he's from like two different backgrounds and so he's able to bring like something new to the mandalorians and Mm -hmm. so i remember when he got the dark saber i was like oh my gosh he's gonna be the one to bring it all together because like this is the whole thing and and then they don't and now it's destroyed and i'm like (laughs) i'm like he never mastered it i wanted him to master it first like so sad it would have been cool to see him use it more like and properly use it Oh, that would have been so, so cool. But no. But no. <laughs> Rogu protects uh, Mando and Bo from a huge explosion at the end of a huge fight on Mandalore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which that whole, I mean, that whole section of when grogu was like hopping around because all the guards were trying to like kill him too and when like the doors were closing and he was still in ig12 and manda was like no i was like i was like oh my god what's going on like that felt that felt really exciting to me Mm -hmm. where it was like it seemed like there was genuine risk involved here and then when he was uh when grogu was all right and he came out and he was like no 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 i was just like like i almost got emotional i was like this is so good They just want to protect each other. They're their own little clan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought Mando could have possibly died in the finale here, but mm-hmm. I don't know. They might kill him off at another point, which would be <laughs> gruesome. It, it, w- it would be very, very, <laughs> very sad. But oh well. Um, 
Paz Vizsla's son bathes in the uh, mines of Mandalore. I guess we'll see more of him later. Yeah. Mando adopts Grogu as his son, which was one of the <laughs> cutest things ever. Now Mando's actually his dad instead of just a father figure. Which, like, it's amusing to me that it even, like, they had to address it like that. Where, like, because we all knew. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, this, he's, he's your child, right. like, after season one. <laughs> but the fact that they were like, now he is my son. I'm like, dude, you are two seasons late to this party. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, we've been here. It's, you just showed up. That's true. <laughs> it was a little late. It was late, but it was still very cute. I loved it. Grogu gives IG-12 away, and they recreate IG-11, who becomes the Marshal of Navarro since Cara Dune was fired from Disney. Yeah. I loved the last shot of Mando just sleeping and Grogu playing outside at their little house. So cute. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's, it's a very... Kind of like how you mentioned, maybe, but it's just like an odd way to end off a season like that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I assume that there are going to be more seasons. And so the fact that they ended it off on this note that's like, look, they have a happy life and they're on a house and they have a little yard where they can play. <laughs> Made me I'm want it like, to be the end. I was like. Right. Just- it's like, it's like <laughs> what's, but once they showed that, I was like, oh, no. Oh, God. Like, what do they have? in store like maybe they've got to have maybe some other idea of where it's gonna go but with thrawn and just like everything else that they've got going on which rhymed (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's like it's almost like maybe not like something from it just reminded me of something from marvel where it's like oh look here's like what looks to be a little happy ending and oh what's that here's this new danger that's even worse that's gonna come in and Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah, that's yeah. true. The imminent threat of Thrawn coming yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably see some of these characters pop up in ah- Ahsoka, though. Most likely Bo-Katan, at least. Which, um, like, I'll be down for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the cameos. <laughs> I'm sure Din Djarin and Grogu, too, but if they didn't show Bo-Katan, I'd be a little confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, because she was so instrumental in like the last season or two of Rebels, from what I remember, it's like it'd be very weird if she didn't pop back up. Right. Especially because of Sabine, more than anything. Right, yeah. yeah. Especially. Mm-hmm. But Mando season four is kind of confirmed, but it's been rumored to be turned into a movie potentially, so we shall see what happens. It's all supposed to lead up to a movie that Dave Filoni's going to direct. Oh, that's right. But I don't know if it sounds like maybe season four could be the movie. But see, I feel like I would much rather it take almost like the Stranger Things route where it's it's still a TV show. But like make the finale like two hours long where it's like the runtime of a movie. But I, I just feel like because you've had this story be such a long running story and you have it in like an episodic format i mean like let's agree let's all most of the episodes are kind of like pointless anyway and it's like filler stuff however it does build to something sometimes and so i feel like putting trying to put that now into like a movie format where 
it's I don't know. I just feel like it works so well in the TV format. And so like if you had season four be like Stranger Things where it was like every episode leading up to the finale is in like, I don't know, 40 minute increments. And then the last one is almost like the length of a full movie like that I could get behind. But just making season four a movie like or maybe it could help. Maybe they won't have so many side quests anymore and it could be very direct. So you know what? I I don't know. Grogu on the big screen would be cool, but I mean, it will happen one day. Yeah. I just, yeah, we'll see what they do with this season. The way this is. What? The way this is. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> and then we got Andor season two next August which I'm so excited for, but I just really Thank don't want it God. to end. <laughs> I know. like, But like, this is why I say that Rogue One is like my favorite Star Wars movie, because it's just that whole bit of time is just so interesting to explore. Mm-hmm. And like, not, not to say that it's because it doesn't have the Jedi or any other like giant, like, star wars mythological things going on to it but it's just because of how real that actually feels it's it just hits different in the setting of star wars too it's oh it's just so good it's the bit that's my favorite star wars movie besides the trilogy yeah yeah my favorite's a new hope just poke myself in the eye (laughs) (laughs) and then there's bad batch season three the final season next year that's that's gonna be some emotional damage (laughs) i guess we'll have a new animated series after that i don't know we'll just keep going with the oh what was it the tales of the jedi right yeah yeah that's getting another season too which like as it should make make that longer yeah for real (laughs) yeah like don't give me don't give me little 20 minute ones like Mm -hmm. make make it a whole thing really good six minute ones (laughs) yeah trying to think i don't know what else they have oh they have the ray skywalker movie coming out at some point i like i just i hope and pray that there is some serious redemption for half of the storylines and half of the characters that they had introduced in the sequels because like i want i want to see more ray content more than anything but it's like it's got to be the right story i feel like and like Bring Finn back and give Finn a storyline. <laughs> give him something to do. Give him stuff. Give him <laughs> substance. Yeah. Do it for John Boyega, if nothing else. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we've got Ahsoka in like a couple hours as of this recording. Three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. The first two episodes premiere tonight. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> But do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about for Mando season three, Star Wars in general? Um, I think. I mean, I think things are going in a very interesting direction now. Mm-hmm. And hopefully better. Hopefully better. I'm very. I'm curious to see how. I think Ahsoka is going to be a little telling for me. Just yeah, with because I feel like Rebels left off on such a very like massive note and no one talked about it like Mm -hmm. i'd be i'm very interested to see where ahsoka goes with it um and yeah i think they've got great projects coming out with it it's just a matter or like the ideas of the concepts (laughs) are are like 
everything of that is going to be really great, but it's just how they manage to do it. That's going to be like, that's going to be the thing. <laughs> I'll be watching it all either way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the good thing for them. It's just like, they'll get people to watch it regardless. Oh, yeah. It's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Thanks for coming on the podcast again. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Do you have an <laughs> outro or anything you want to say? I mean, I think yours just works at this point. Okay, that's Just fine. go with it, yeah. Be nice to each other out there. <laughs>